Welcome to the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast, Season 3. This podcast is for and about people getting ready for their first ever pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago in Spain, France, and Portugal. With your host, Camino guide and longtime pilgrim, Nancy Reynolds of the Camino Experience. When we talk about walking the Camino de Santiago, we often focus on the practical matters, how to pack, where to start walking, how to get to our starting point, where to find food and places to sleep. What else might we be talking about? Hi, this is Nancy, and I think it's time to talk about faith, religion, and spirituality on the Camino. And I have the perfect guest to talk about those topics with. This week, we are going to hear from Nydia from Utah in the United States, who will be walking the Camino Frances in March 2024. Nydia comes from a strong Catholic background, which is the religion of the church in Santiago de Compostela, and her grandmother, who you will hear is one of her most beloved role models. Nydia will share about family and overcoming hardships through faith, and how her love for God and her family are leading her to walk the Camino. Then, in next week's episode, we are going to explore the concept of spirituality on the Camino from a different angle, with Kay from Australia. Now, these are only two of many stories of religion, faith, and spirituality on the Camino. We never really know the role religion or spirituality plays in someone's life until we talk with them and listen to their story. Often, stories of faith include stories of facing and overcoming difficulties and hardships. And often, they are stories of joy and celebration as we find peace and comfort in our religion, in spirituality, or in God as we know Him, Her, or it. I'm reminded that there is always more than meets the eye, more than one side to every story, and it is usually more complex and complicated than I can tell when just seeing or meeting someone. I'm also reminded that this is true of our world as well. In times like these, when war is waging on multiple fronts, when we are struggling with who is right and who is wrong, I turn to what is right before me, the pilgrim telling her story, or the one walking past my front door at the guest house in Rabanal del Camino, or even the stranger on the train who may be desperate for a smile and a kind word. Whether it is our families, friends, communities, or strangers, I believe we need to connect right where we are. And we need to keep on preparing for our pilgrimages on the Camino de Santiago. We need to find our stories, or write new stories, as we walk the ancient road to Santiago. The first step is from right where you are, right now. You are a pilgrim now, my friend. Some people are more vocal about their faith, while others keep it quiet to themselves. Would you like to tell your story? 
If yes, I would love to hear from you so I can have you as a guest on the podcast in season four. I'm looking for stories of faith, spirituality, and religion, however you define them, on the Camino and in the planning and preparations process. Even if you don't identify as religious, walking the Camino may have a deeper meaning for you. That is what I want to hear about. Season four will begin in late January, but I would like to start assembling the guest list now. And as for the current season, the release schedule is set through early December, and then I will take a break for the holidays, returning in late January. So if you have already sent in a request to be a guest, I will be contacting you soon with an update on when we will get together on Zoom to tell your story. And if I haven't yet heard from you, and if you have a story to tell, please reach out. You can do that by emailing me at youonthecamino at gmail.com or by following the link in the show notes to send in your request. The final thing I want to mention before we get to Nydia is that I am going to be opening up registration for my Camino Frances Getting Started audio guide and my DIY Plus Camino Planning Program with a special offer the first week of December. I'm waiting until after Black Friday, since I know a lot of people in the U.S. will be tied up with the Thanksgiving holiday and the shopping madness that sometimes follows that. So if you are planning to walk the Camino in 2024 or later, and you are looking for the ultimate pilgrim holiday gift for yourself or someone you know and love who wants to walk the Camino Frances, be sure you are on my email list so you can get all the details about this holiday offer. You can get on my email list on my website, thecaminoexperience.com, or by following the link in the show notes. You've probably heard me say this a dozen or so times, but when you get on my email list, you also get a free copy of my top 10 Camino tips that don't usually show up on the top 10 list. Just be sure that when you get the email with the tips, you click to download that PDF. That is what confirms you're on my email list. If you think you've signed up for my email list, but you haven't been getting emails from Nancy at the Camino Experience, then go ahead and sign up again and be sure to click on that link in the email. The email may go to your spammer junk folder, so check there if you don't immediately see it in your inbox. Okay, enough of that. Let's meet Nydia. When Nydia reached out to be a guest on the podcast, I was immediately taken with her enthusiasm and kind and uplifting manner. I hope you'll enjoy hearing her story and also a bit more about my story as I answer her question about how hosting this podcast has impacted me and my life. Here we go. Hi, Nydia. Thank you for being here today. Hello. <laughs> so happy and so excited to be here. I'm really looking forward to sharing your story and sharing your enthusiasm. It's one of the things that I noticed when you reached out to be a guest on the podcast was your enthusiasm. And it just feels so pure and unfiltered, but also so genuine. So thanks for being here to share that enthusiasm with us. Thank you. Yeah. 
let's start where I always like to start with putting the pin in the map. And if you would share with us when you're going to walk, what route you'll walk, where you'll start and how long you'll take. Okay. I would like to say that I would like to say that I have a day, um, but I don't. Okay. But we are thinking that we'll be at the end of March, beginning of April. And pretty soon I will know that. I, you know, we are trying to decide if we're going to do two and a half or three weeks. But we are thinking if we are doing the two and a half weeks, like we're thinking uh, probably will be in Lyon. Okay. So that will be the Frances route. Mm, Frances route. Excuse me. I didn't say that. And starting in the city of Lyon. Now, you have a connection to Spain. that many people don't share, lucky you. Will you share with us your connection to Spain? Yes, um, my whole family um, is from the Canary Islands in Spain. But also, um, because of my husband's job, we spent about six years in Madrid many, many years ago. (laughs) Okay, so family in the Canary Islands. Okay, and so some of them are there, but you're here. Yes. You're in the United States. Yeah. How did you end up in the U.S.? I am here because I am a Mormon. Okay. And I don't like to say Mormon. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I have the opportunity through a missionary that I met in Venezuela to come and and have an opportunity to come to school and, um, and to give my kids another life, a different life. So by then we have a four and a half years old. And then um, in Venezuela, because we were living in Venezuela before we came here, we lost many babies, pregnancies. And when we came here, uh, two years later, we have um, our miracle baby, that is Brian. He will be almost 27. Well, wow. he will be 27, excuse me, in February of next year. Okay. So that's why we are in Utah. Okay. So you came with the connection to the church. So. Yes. I'm going to guess that your faith is a pretty important part of your life. Everything. (laughs) Everything. So, yeah. So Spain being primarily Catholic, I'm curious because I actually, I love religion and I love that people have religion and have faith. And I'm always curious how people move from one religion to the next. And so what did you grow up in the Catholic faith? Yes. Okay. And in fact, we went to a school, me and my siblings, we went to a school where all the teachers were from Spain. We were living in Venezuela and all the teachers were from Spain and they were nuns. Okay. Okay. So if you look where you are now, I hope you don't mind me asking this. I'm just so curious. If you're in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints now, if you look back at your Catholic roots, what do you see when you look back? Well, my, my grandmother, my mother's mother, she was very, very religious, very Catholic, okay? But she practiced her religion, not only in the sense of going to church every Sunday, but in her way, the way that she um, communicated with other people. She was genius. She was smart. 
loving, caring, very strong character. And I think that's why she did everything that she did. She's one of my biggest examples, my grandma. And then my mom always, she tell me stories because my mom will be 97, um, October 14th. Not, not 97, excuse me, 87, October 14. And my mother, from the time she was a little girl, because she remembered things when she was three years old, five years old. Her mind is just brilliant. And she remembered that she always loved the Savior. Mm. And she had dreams with Jesus Christ. And she saw herself with him. And so when she and I, and he, this is an amazing thing, we are five kids in my home. And when I was born, my grandmother, my mother's mom, her name was Josefa, but we call her Peppa. <laughs> my grandma Peppa said, when she saw me, you are going to have your mother's name. And I cannot be more grateful because my mother for me is a lady and she is a wonderful person. But she always talked about the savior. So my mom and I joined the church the same day. It was March 14, 1982. The Tunidias, the many people in our home listened to the missionaries, but my mom and I were the only ones that joined the church. Later on was my youngest sister, but she completely got inactive from the church. So I think my faith was inside of me, the way that my mom raised us, like being caring, loving, compassionate, all those things when, when the gospel of Jesus Christ came to me, it's like I knew everything. So it was familiar? Mm -hmm. it was, yeah, it was, it, it was as if your spirit already knew it, but now you're speaking the language. Mm -hmm. Ah, it's really beautiful. So I love that you talked about that your grandmother practiced her religion, because to me, that's where it comes alive. That's where it shifts from religion to spirituality and it becomes a part of your life. Yeah. What is your current, if you don't mind me asking your spiritual practice or your religious practice, what, what is the practice of that? Well, when you asked at the beginning about me, my feelings, and when I said my religion is into my bones, I think is through the years, because I will be 60 next year. I'm 59 now. All the years that I've been in the church, in the gospel, uh, from the time I was 17 to right now, I have learned my communication and relationship with my father in heaven. And for me, that is vital every single day. I start my day praying. I pray the whole day, even when I'm working, when I'm doing whatever, I'm always have a prayer in my heart, especially of gratitude. And because that's a, uh, one, one of the things that I practice is, is gratitude and gratitude toward him. He's my father in heaven and he knows every detail of my life. And um, because he knows every detail of my life, it's like I want to do detailed things for other people. Oh. And, and so he helped me to be connected with other people. 
And then Jesus Christ for me is the person that um, sacrificed himself. So in this time, 2023, I can still have the power of him helping me because he knows when I am sad, when I have problems, when I go through trials, I know that is somebody that I can trust that knows everything because he already went through. So my relationship with my Heavenly Father and with my Savior, Jesus Christ, and the opportunity that I have to express my feelings, not through something that I repeat constantly, but it's something that comes from my heart. It's my communication with them that we call prayer. So also um, another thing that I, I do in my life uh, to be able to have that, that for me is my treasure is uh, we in the church fast once a month. Oh, We don't drink water. We just fast exactly and as an example of what the Savior did. He did it for 40 days, but um, we do it in the church. And after we finish our uh, fasting, we, we have a meeting in church. It's once a month where we can come and share our feelings. It, it's called a testimony meeting. And it's, it's an opportunity for me to grow because I can express my feelings and share with other people the things that I've gone through and the things that I learned. Mm -hmm. So church for us as a family, because my kids also serve missions. My husband was a missionary. That's how I met him. And then my, my son Leo served in Independence, Missouri and Brian in New York. So we as a family, we have problems like other people do. We make mistakes like other people do, but we call repentance a gift, an opportunity to be able to start from new. And that's that's the way that I live and it, it makes me happy and <laughs> it makes me the person that I am today. Oh, I so appreciate knowing that, you know, to hear what the actual practice is of a religion. You know, I... I think we hear a lot of things about this particular church and every person who I've met who has been a part of the church comes from an incredibly loving and community-focused place and family-focused place. And it's just, it seems as though there's so much good stuff to be learned. Thank you so much. I appreciate knowing that. And I'm also interested because for many people, pilgrimage is a spiritual practice so I'd love to hear from you. What does the pilgrimage to Santiago mean to you? Because I, I live this life that I just um, share with you. Because it's so important for me to know the Savior and to know him. And this is not something that you learn in one day or two days or three days. This is a learning experience through your life. And... Uh, because I read the scriptures, I can see everything that the Lord did, everything that the apostles that were with him, because I firmly believe in this. And I know these things now because somebody put me a gun behind my back or they gave me something in return. I believe these things because I choose to believe in these things. And I, for me, that experience to be able to feel peace, 
is one of the most, my biggest testimony is that how can I feel peace even when I go through problems, even when I go through trials like I have. And, and later on, I will tell you one of the reasons why I'm doing El Camino de Santiago or are not exactly one of the reasons, but how I want to dedicate my time there to a, a purpose. But honestly, it's just the life of the Savior, mm. the life of the apostles and so many people in the scriptures that maybe people doesn't know them or people that were there and were never mentioned. Their names were never mentioned, but they did so much to bring the gospel. And that's one of the reasons James, the apostle James, came to Spain. It was to bring the gospel of the Savior, of Jesus Christ. And for me, that is pure religion. So I, I live for those things. I live for the feeling to be able to have peace. And a pilgrimage is something that all of us go through in life because you have to go through trials. You know, every time about, I think, all the places that you have to go, at least when you do the month of walking, is desert, it's mountains, it's snow, it's raining. And for me, it's like every step that we go through in life. You feel sun sometimes and you're happy and it's rain and maybe you feel melancholic for things that you are going through or, or memories that you have maybe that are sad. Mm. But, um, and then you go through deserts where it's dry and where it's nothing and you just needed to be just you and make your own trees and your own sun and your own shape and you can do it. And that, that's one of the things that I love about gratitude, because it just teach you to see things where things are not. Yeah. And to feel things when maybe you don't feel like. I remember one time in my life where I was going through a depression. And I have a very unique relationship with my boys. And we talk about the gospel a lot like they talk about sports and all the things that they love. <laughs> and, and one thing I remember one time he said, mom, I know that you love quotes. So look for quotes, more quotes in your life. And then he said, fake it, fake it until you make it. <laughs> there we go. In the moment I was like, no, I'm not a fake person. This is who I am. You have to act as if you have what you already know is coming to you. Yeah. 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 Because the gifts, the, these gifts are promised by God. They're actually promised. Yeah. In my faith perspective, they're already there. It, it's us who is not acknowledging it or receiving it, but it's just waiting. It's just waiting to download. Yes. And I love the metaphor that you painted for us of walking the Camino, that it is like life. You could lay life right along the trail mm -hmm. and there you have it. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Now you said you would talk about your reason, another reason for walking the Camino. Would you share that with us? In our home, my grandson, Iker, he is nine years old. But he, when he was a baby, uh, probably about, he was not a year old yet. And I was taking care of him. 
And for me, my grandkids are like an extension of my kids. I live in the basement of my oldest son, so they come over all the time. And I, I have meaning conversations with them, talking about being kind to each other, compassion, to love people with that are different and walk with them. And so Iker, um, I was taking care of him one day and I called him and he didn't answer. And to make the story short, later on, we knew that Iker have some kind of autism. But not only that, he's nine years old and for eight years he have not eat anything. He uh, drinks of a juice that through the grace of God, because he only is the one that is in charge of our life. Um, and that's what I said. Sometimes we have things in life that shake you, and, and but shake you for good to be able to get the best of you. And I love it about Heavenly Father doing that with us because he knows us very well. He made us, so he knows us very well. So... For nine years, our grandson have not eat like his sisters. And in our home, I remember when we knew at the beginning, the first stages that when he was about one year old, when we knew everything, and when we didn't know that it will take him all this time to be able to eat because he doesn't have any interest in eating. I'm sorry. It's okay. This is an emotional story and I it's okay. Take the time that you need. My his name is in, in English is Iker, but we call him Iker. In Spanish is Iker. And his his second name is Gabriel. Because my Leo was my first son, but then we lost baby after baby. And then we have our miracle baby. So because he prayed for his brother. We called Brian Gabriel. And then when Iker came, we called him Iker Gabriel. And for me, it's just such a beautiful name, you know? It's, it's the name of an angel. And it's beautiful that my three boys have that. So Iker is a unique boy. His energies, energy, his smiles, he, the way that he laughed, the way that he hugged me and kissed me, um, the way that he talks is amazing. But what I wanted to tell you that at the beginning, my son Leo said, mom, dad, he talked to the whole family. I will never want anybody to say that Iker is a trial. Iker is a blessing. And from that time on, my mind was, yes, Iker is a blessing. Iker is a blessing, and he's going to teach us so much. Mm. We have a way to unite our family. And in my life, in, in all these years, I have a big title in front of my computer. I work, like I said before, with a neurologist. And I have a big title in my computer that said, The Waiting Room, because I'm always waiting. If he's not in this life, it will be in the next when he will be able to eat. 
but he is such an amazing, smart kid. Never, he started reading and writing and nobody taught him. The way that he talks about Heavenly Father, he knows that he's his father and he knows that Jesus is his savior. So that has made a bond in our family that I don't think so that will be in any other way. So my dedication of the Camino is to him. I don't think so that I'm going to be able to make the cross of Pharaoh or the cruise of Pharaoh to be able to take my rock, but I don't need to take a rock. Can I ask why? Why do you think that? You know, when you, when you go to the cruise of Pharaoh, you take a, a rock and you take it to leave there everything uh, it can be pain, it can be depression, it can be a problem, something that you just want to get rid of. Mm. In my case, the curse of Pharaoh is not that. In my case, the curse of Pharaoh is my whole self and gratitude for Iker yeah. and how he changed my life. Yeah. He is a beautiful boy, mm. a beautiful boy. But of course, you know, we always think about He's different. Yeah. So that's what we teach our girls, his sisters. We have to love each other. And we have to love everybody that we contact. Wonderful. El Camino de Santiago for me is, is a time because my boy said, Mom, but you can go and walk here. <laughs> it's not the same. But the, the, the Camino called me every single day. And I wanted to go there. I wanted to be able to share my feelings with other people because that's another thing in my religion is service is 100%. And we never, ever receive back anything. We don't get paid for anything that, that, that we do. I am the president of the women's we call Release Society. And I'm the president. Um, the bishop called me by inspiration. And I'm having the time of my life with <laughs> the sisters and giving them everything that I have. When you live in service is when you really gain blessings. I think that that is one of the best kept secrets of church communities in general, but the world, that being of service benefits the person being of service so much more then it benefits who you're serving. It is remarkable. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm thinking specifically of this podcast. I get a lot of feedback and you were sharing some things with me before, but this podcast has blessed my life unbelievably. And I mean, there are times when I just sit in awe and wonder at how much bigger and deeper my experience of the Camino is because I get to share it with all of my listeners. It's remarkable. I call that, it's a healing power. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, service for me is just my way of life. Yeah. I work, you know, with doctors uh, in, in the medical field. And when I see people that is about my mom's age, I try to do everything. This week, I have somebody that barely, barely can walk. And I, I help his wife. And I'm not saying this because I am the last Pepsi in the desert, because I am not. <laughs> but 
But that's a good one. I was helping these men. I was helping my mother. Yes. Yes. I felt like everything yes. I was doing in my mind, I was heavenly father. Help somebody, guide somebody to help my mother. Mm-hmm. And in, in this last surgery that she had, it was miracle after miracle after miracle. And I see it. Yes. I notice. You know what the truth is, Nidia? That is actually how it works. Yes. And as soon as we can see it and accept it and embrace it, our lives go crazy on the joy scale. Beyond. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. You know, I want to go back to the cross of iron for a moment. And I really understand what you said that you don't have, you're not setting down a burden because there isn't a burden to set down. And that is a remarkable way to relate to your life. And of course, to your grandson who you love like crazy, who just, there isn't a measure for how much you love these children, but the cross of iron can be so many different things. So I I hope you'll still go to the cross of iron. You'll be walking past it. You actually can't miss it because it's right on the trail. Yeah. You know, for me, the cross of iron has been a place not to set down burdens, but to actually bear witness to other people's stories and to bear witness to what other people are setting down and to, to be there in that moment. So they know they're not alone when they set something heavy down. And it reminds me of how you described some of what the activities are at your church, that your community bears witness to your lives. Your family bears witness to your lives and and you live them in community. It's very beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So I will look forward to hearing your cross of iron story, knowing that it won't be one of setting down a burden. (laughs) I love it. I'm, I'm so grateful that you're sharing all of this. What I look for are stories that touch the heart. And this is one that I haven't heard before. So thank you for sharing it. Oh, my pleasure. So let's shift gears a little bit, if if we can, and to talk about some of the practicalities. You said we, when you talked about your Camino, who will you be walking with? Well, Joycelyn is also a friend, a member of the church, but she is an amazing person being with her honestly and and she will listen to this podcast when it's air hi jocelyn <laughs> <laughs> she really is an amazing lady that leave the gospel mm. she uh, leave the gospel in everything that she does and i love to be with her because i believe that is power and gathering Every time I am with people that I feel that can inspire me and can help me to be a better person, I am there. I am in. And she's one of those. Did you say the power of gathering? Yes. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love that. And and that's, that's what the Camino does to people. Yes. When you hear stories, because believe me, I have read books, blogs. (laughs) podcast. I breathe Camino (laughs) every single day because it makes me happy. It just, it just goes inside of my muscles, my bones. It just makes me happy. And 
everything that I can find in my way to be able to make me a better person, not just for me, but to be able to share with other people, I am, I'm in it. So Joycelyn will be walking with me. And I have to tell you, it's not that I'm not excited because I have been planning this for so many years, but for her is something new that she's still learning. She's listening to all your podcasts and she come back to me. Did you listen about this? Oh my gosh. Oh, you know, she's so excited. And she, she said to me the other day, she said, I am ready. I have my money to buy my tickets. <laughs> uh, Joycelyn is kind of like retired. Okay. So she is doing some jobs here and there to be able to get, you know, extra money. To extra go. money. Sure. So she is like, she cannot wait. All right. Well, Jocelyn, you are not alone. There are so many people who feel the same way. Cannot wait. <laughs> Cannot wait. Yeah. And it's it's exciting, you know, and I I often wonder what is it that we cannot wait for? You know, there's this, I, I'll say expectation, but it's also, I think it's more of an anticipation that something big is about to happen in our lives. And yes, there's the experience of walking the Camino. That's going to be the experience, whatever that is. But there's also something on tap, something in the queue, something that's about to be delivered to us that we can't even imagine. And I think we suspect it's going to be really good. And that's what we're excited about. You know, it's beautiful, uh, Nancy, that you mentioned that word expectation, because I have learned so much about that in my in my own life. I have learned that um, that we have a value, no matter what, we have a value, we have a worth, we are worth. And sometimes in our life, we think that our life has to be in a certain way. And look at me, you know, mm -hmm. I, I came to a different country looking for, but I know that the Lord guide me. I am like 1 million percent <laughs> any things that I have seen. So I expect that my life was going to be like this and it completely changed it. So every time I have something new that honestly was not in my mind, I said, this is not what I expect, but this is what it's supposed to be. Mm. When I hear the stories of people, it just marvels me how people can stop and help somebody that doesn't know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty of human being from the beginning. That's who we are. Yes. And everything else that prevents us from being that is just stuff that's gotten in the way. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's one of the intoxicating features of the Camino is that we discover that side of ourselves that wants to be of service to our fellow human the person right next to you on the trail, you want to be of service. And what's harder for people is to receive those gifts. But we are longing to be cared for, I think, and longing to be served. I don't think so. It's one person in the whole universe that doesn't like to be loved. Yeah. Oh, that's it right there. That's it. We all need love. We all. If even somebody that said, I don't need you, I don't, 
No, I have so many experiences in my life about that. You know, in Spain, we're very, very, very hugging people. Uh huh. And I have experiences here where I went to hug somebody and the person was like this, like, you know, stiffened up. Yes. And I said, I'm going to get you. <laughs> you can't hide from love. And these persons just completely blossom because we never know the stories behind we don't. That we don't. And we are not anybody to judge. I one thing that I learned about about my life and about gratitude is that when I see people that probably doesn't fix the mold, that's what people said. Oh, this person doesn't fix the mold. In my mind, I always said, I am going to be more loving, more caring with you. Well, and you know what I see in that? I see that's a courageous person who is brave enough to not fit the mold and not make people think they fit the mold. I think that takes courage to be who you really are. Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, man. Okay. Well, do you have any questions that I can answer for you? You know, my questions are not exactly what I need to go, what I need to do. Because if I'm honest with you, like today, I was in the morning thinking about what can I say? And I was looking for some quotes that I love <laughs> that I could share. And I was looking for something else. And I just was, and then suddenly I have this calm all over my body. And I felt just be you, Nidia. Yes. Thank you for that. You don't need to prepare. You've been preparing yourself for so long mm -hmm. that you just share what is in your heart. And, and I was excited because, like me, when I listen to um, your podcast, that is amazing, and you are amazing. And I have to say how grateful I am for your preparation because I know that it, this is not an easy thing to do. And this is kind of like a 24 hours, 24 <laughs> hours job. I'm always thinking about it. <laughs> I am grateful for that because Thank you. it's helping so many people. And not just the people that is want to walk the Camino because I'm sharing this with other people. You know, it's just it's just life is is what happened with our life. So for me, what I would like to ask you, Nancy, is and you you mentioned some uh before, but how this podcast have changed your life. Uh. Oh, wow. Who are you now? Who are you now <laughs> that you were not before? Um, you know, I, found, I have found my voice. I think that's how I would sum it up. I, I have a background of speaking because I come from the world. Uh, I come from financial services, corporate America, training and employee development. And I always love speaking in front of groups. And a few years ago, I said to my minister that I, and I say this, uh, not just him, I've actually said this to a bunch mm -hmm. of people that I want to be speaking. And I had this vision in my mind. It wasn't a clear vision, but it was an idea that that meant be up, up on stage with a microphone talking to people. 
And I absolutely loved doing that. But I had no idea that a podcast was something I would, that that would be a, a fit for me. And I never, not never, let me say that differently. And I, the irony is I don't listen to podcasts. I never have listened to podcasts. I don't watch videos. I'm, I like to read. I like to get my news by reading. I like to learn by reading. So when I started this, it seemed like a complete departure from anything I've done in the past. And it was, but what I love is that I get to talk about what I love and I get to share information with people and empower them and uplift them and just champion them to get their Camino going. And one of the things I talk about that how the Camino has changed me is that with each walk that I've done on the Camino, I have discovered a better version of myself. And I would say it's more of who God has me to be. And this podcast is just a further on that journey is for me to keep listening to, you know, I didn't, I'm not doing this. I'm the channel through which this happens. And so everything that I share and send out to the world is my spiritual work, is my work of giving to people and trusting that everything I need will come back to me. It's that great circulation that's coordinated by the divine, that we have everything that we need in life. And so I, this is what I have to give. And it has confirmed for me that I and you and everyone else always has something to give. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, I appreciate you asking the question. Thank you. No, no. Thank you for everything that you do for us. <laughs> <laughs> it really is my pleasure, you know, and I had I didn't know how to do a podcast. I didn't know where do you record it? How do you record it? How do you edit it? And I think I'm supposed to have a fancy theme song. And so I started at the very beginning and, you know, I, I'm really blessed. I'm very active in my church and I have been blessed by being able to use a room at my church to record the podcast. And when I first started doing it, I went to our music director and I said, Hey, um, this is what I want to do. And I think I need this kind of microphone. He goes, hold on. And he went down to his office and he came back with a microphone. He goes, try this. And so I used his microphone for a few weeks to see if I, you know, if this took, if I was going to do it and I loved it. So I bought my own microphone and I'm like, oh, I got a microphone now. And I actually travel with my microphone when I go to the Camino. I always have my microphone with me so I can record stuff. And then how do I edit? I use a program called Audacity. And so I went to our technical director at church. I'm like, hey, I need to learn how to do this. And he goes, okay, here's some tips, but also talk to this guy who's the sound technician at our church. Okay, great. And so these two guys sat down with me. It was Paul and Jeff, and they gave me some tips and I just started figuring it out and discovered a an absolute love for figuring things out and talking, speaking. I have my speaking engagements and I couldn't do this without an audience. So I am every time unbelievably grateful for my listeners. So thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> thank you, honestly. 
And, and, and you know, when you were describing everything, that's life. We come here, we don't know how to walk. We don't yeah. know what, how to eat because we don't have teeth. You know, <laughs> and it's a process. Yeah. It's a process. And that's life. And I love it. I love the concept that you didn't know how to do it. Yeah. But you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do this. Yes. Completely testify that you're supposed to do this. Yes. And this is just the beginning. It is the beginning. And you know what I love? I this is this is absolutely my favorite thing is when I'm on the Camino meeting the people who have been guests on my podcast. And I got to meet five of them in the spring this year. And I'm going to be meeting another one in the fall this year. And the other thing is meeting my listeners. When people people come up and go, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, this is the best. This is the best. And you know, truthfully for me, I've always walked my Caminos by myself. I never, I never started with a group. I lead groups now. Yes. But when I'm on the Camino by myself, I'm I'm actually a bit of an introvert and a very private person. And so I spend a lot of time alone. And for me, when a podcast listener comes and says hello and talks, it's an instant connection for me. It's an instant relationship of appreciation and gratitude. And that's how I connect with people. It just makes me so happy. You know, when I came up with the the title, I had the title for the podcast before I really knew what it was going to be. And the title is You on the Camino de Santiago. This isn't about me. This is about you. You are who I am here for. And you, dear Nidia, are exactly the you in the you on the Camino de Santiago. So thank you. Oh, thank you. My is my blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Any other questions? Any practical questions? <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to say that to all the people that have been in the podcast, thank you so much for sharing your feelings and your life. Because, you know, it makes us know that we all have a story. Yeah. We all have a story to share. And it's important. Sometimes we think, oh, I don't have anything to share. Everybody has a story to share. Absolutely. And when you when you do that is what I call the power uh, in gathering, you know, because for me, you know, I, I talk to my mother every single day. That has been my goal because I live far away from my mother. She lives in the Canary Islands. I live in the United States. So just to have a phone. To have a FaceTime and talk to my mother, it just brings me so much joy yes. to, to be able to do that. So when I am on my phone, I'm cooking breakfast, I'm cleaning <laughs> the house, I'm driving the car, and I can listen to the podcast. I listen to the podcast when I'm walking. Yes. And I'm walking because I want to do the Camino and I'm listening these beautiful people in your program. They're amazing. Aren't they amazing? It's beautiful. And it's like, it just brings me so much love. Like, I love <laughs> Tell everybody. Yeah. Tell yeah. Me. 
thank you so much. Yeah. So imagine being in my seat and I get to, I get to talk to people and hear their stories and then meet them. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. I, I think we just live a life that will take us to the places that we're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, my favorite definition for coincidence is one that I heard decades ago. A coincidence is a tiny little miracle in which God chooses to remain anonymous. That's a coincidence. This podcast that you do, Nancy, give us the opportunity, those that we have not walked the Camino. And that's that's probably what I love about your podcast. You're giving us the opportunity to express our feeling of something that we have not done. That is only in our mind, in our imagination, in our heart, now that we are walking and, you know, and everything that we do to prepare. But then you give the opportunity to the person to come back. And I love it. I love that. The connection is just joyful, honestly. I'm the same way when I sit with people and hear their stories after. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. George and John, the best. Andrea and Jason, yeah. It's not money that can give you that. Honestly. Yes. So I'm going to need you to come back and talk about your experiences. You and Joycelyn. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we could even do the three of us on a call. Yes. I would love it. All right. Well, thank you so much. I've just been looking forward to this, and I'm glad that we got a chance to connect. And I'm, I'm going to follow you, girl. I cannot wait to see how this unfolds. Thank you. Thank All you right. so much. Thank you.